Welcome into Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and on this week's episode, we dive deep into the opening nearly week spent in Europe. Look at the 21-man roster named for opening night. Plus, we bring you interviews with Blackhawks president and CEO John McDonough and the mutt himself, Andrew Shaw. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Hey, it's Adam Burrish. On the road to the top, it's all about drive. The all-new Chevy Blazers got some serious game with available driver control mode. Shift from touring to all-wheel drive to sport to tow and haul. This ride is built for Chicago weather. Yeah, on and off the ice. Turn your Blazer into a mobile hotspot with available 4G LTE Wi-Fi, keeping you connected 24-7. Check out the all-new Chevy Blazer at ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Drive. It's how you get where you're going. Now the goalie off. Six attack. Just as he leaves, Camps gets the puck, and David Camps. The timing could not have been worse for Berlin there. As the clock winds down and the Chicago Blackhawks come up with a victory here in Berlin. This is Blackhawks Insider brought to you from a little over 5,000 miles away in Prague, Czech Republic. Carter Baum, Chris Cook, Eric Lear. Uh, gentlemen, I would have done that in either German or Czech, but we have not been here quite long enough for me to pick up the language that well. You barely got it in English. I barely got it in English. Uh, still working on picking up English, too. Um, but it's been a great week. Uh, it's been a little bit of a long week. I think we we're all coming off the tail end of the adjustment to seven hours ahead from Central Standard Time. Uh, the Blackhawks just got off the ice from their first on-ice session here in Prague, uh, really getting the juices flowing again after uh, what was a lovely off day yesterday where uh, the three of us and some others in the department were able to get around town and really take in the beautiful sights that is Prague, Czech Republic. I'd say get out here if you can. A heck Absolutely. of a town. Absolutely. It's hard to, I've never seen a town like this before. The beauty of it, it's just such a different town, so unique and uh, uh, what a day. I hope, uh, wish we could have had a, another off day, but... Took advantage, for sure. It's almost like a movie set, right? You're walking down, you think, that can't be real, and it is real, and it's all over the city. Uh, been to some places in my life, but I really believe this is the most beautiful city I've ever been. Great food. I understand they have beer here as well. All kinds of uh, things to see. It's, it's just been a great trip so far. Yeah, we haven't tried the beer yet, but maybe we'll try that before we leave. I'm yeah, not sure. We'll see. Uh, not to knock Berlin either, but it was raining pretty much the entire time we were there. So a much shorter stint of the trip in Berlin. Uh, not as much time to get out and walk around, but we did uh, drive past the Berlin Wall, uh, the remnants of it, every day going to the arena. Uh, a, a great part of the trip there is it started off in the Blackhawks playing their last exhibition game against Ice Baron Berlin, as we mentioned on last week's episode, uh, translates to the Polar Bears. Uh, not as cold in the rink, but some really cool logos and uh, memorabilia around the arena. And uh, just the fan, the fan base was great there too. It was really fun to see um, a European hockey game. Haven't seen anything like that before. Um, just kind of more soccer environment, um, but the the fan section standing behind the glass, and it was just such a cool experience, a, a unique experience uh, for us, uh, kind of in the NHL life every day. It was really interesting that a couple of players, including Corey Crawford, said afterwards, like, "Boy, I'd love to see our fans do that, where they're up and waving flags and chanting and singing." A really great atmosphere and you know you look at the final score and it 
I don't think the game was as close as the final score indicated. I thought the Polar Bears goaltender was very good, and the Blackhawks pretty much controlled play. So if you're looking for something negative on that game, I don't think there really was anything. You know, we were all kind of jet-lagged, and we didn't even play the game. So imagine going out there and uh, skating around and, and playing in a game that was pretty competitive, I thought. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Pierce Edelic Labrie of uh, the Polar Bears before, and he said it's kind of an AHL level, which I thought that team was a, a good AHL team, but was playing at its own rink playing on the larger ice surface, which the Blackhawks are used to. And as I said, their goaltender is very strong. So it kind of made for a competitive game. I was just going to say, Sebastian Dom, their goaltender, made a couple unreal saves. Could have easily had two more goals there. So that was a big difference in the game for sure. And uh, overall, a fun one to watch, a fun one to take in. A 3-1 win for the Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves, Alex Nylander, and David Camp uh, all finding the score sheet there. Camp with an empty netter at the end to really seal the deal. But... Uh, some line jostling that happened in that one. Alex Nylander started on the, on the top line with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Uh, at certain points, Drake Kajula was thrown up there. Jeremy Colleton still working to kind of try and find that perfect fit, that perfect mesh of his lines and what he can get the most out of them, uh, at least at this point in the season. And uh, it's still a little bit of a question mark as we are just days away from the season opener. Probably something that'll be fluid throughout a little bit. I mean, you, how often do you see guys stick together for a full season? So I think it's a good, it was a good opportunity to to just kind of check things out and see uh, who works on what line and, and potentially something that when you want maybe a little more jam on that top line, you can you can bring Kajula up. So I just think it's good to have options and, and you know with with the roster that we have here and the the depth, I think. It'll be good to have guys that are familiar with playing with, with everybody. We talked about this before, but Alex Nylander, how he does, how he fares, really could be a huge part of this team because what that does is it kind of balances out the lines a little bit more. If you put him on that top line, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and he succeeds, he plays well at both ends, but he has that scoring touch. And I thought he did make, have some moments the other night where he looked like he really could, uh, could put together some offense. If he's as good as advertised or they think he can be, that really kind of balances things out. It allows Jerry, Jeremy Colleton to mix and match some of the lower lines. Um, so that's something I really look forward to if you're a Blackhawks fan, what happens against the Flyers and in those first couple of games in the, during the season. Well, Eric, you mentioned some of the depth. The team brought, or I should say, the team had 28 players on the roster when they made the trip over the Atlantic Ocean uh, on Thursday evening. Since uh, Dennis Gilbert, Anton Vadin, and Colin Delia have all been assigned to Rockford, Carl Dahlstrom was placed on waivers, uh, I believe with the same intent to assign him to Rockford, and he ended up getting claimed by Winnipeg. So uh, Dahlstrom actually has left the team in Europe. He's joining the Winnipeg Jets. I believe they open against the New York Rangers uh, on Wednesday or Thursday night. Uh, Connor Murphy and uh, John Quenville have been put on IR to start the season, and Kirby Dock has been placed on the injured slash non-roster designation, uh, basically meaning that those guys aren't going to be open to go in the opening game. It brings the Blackhawks roster down to 21 players. There's still two open spots, you could say, uh, if either of those guys get healthy in the next week. Uh, they have to stay there for at least some period of time. But uh, we have 21 players. We know what this roster looks like on opening night, and uh, things are really starting to shape up uh, for the Blackhawks. I thought that Carl Dahlstrom was interesting. I, I, I think you're right. I think the Blackhawks thought he was going to get through waivers, and he's, he, he was a guy who had a real chance to make this team. And I think that you know, Jeremy Collins keeps saying, okay, whatever the team looks like on opening night is not going to be the same team in three, four, six weeks, and certainly not at the end of the season. And I think Carl Dahlstrom had a real chance to make an impact this season. So that's a blow to the depth as far as uh, defense in Rockford. I mean, we, the Blackhawks brought in some guys who kind of bolster that, but 
to me, I think that's something that was unexpected and good for Carl Dahlstrom if he gets that playing time uh, that he craves, but not so good for the Blackhawks' defensive depth. Well, just a couple days left on this trip. We went through a little bit of the sights we've been able to see a little bit selfishly uh, getting around town, but on the ice and, and with the team itself, what are maybe some observations or, or some takeaways from this trip that uh, you guys have, have noticed so far? I think what, what I like to see is what's going on with the goaltending. You know, I watched Corey Crawford pretty closely, both uh, in that exhibition game that he split with Robin Leonard, and I've really been watching him in practice. He just seems like he's right at a level where he needs to be. He'll tell you that he, in fact, he did tell me that he got a little bit to go here. I got to get my timing going. But if you're a Blackhawks fan, you have to be encouraged that Corey Crawford. His mindset's where it needs to be. It looks like his health is where it needs to be. And we've talked about that before, too. If you have two top-flight goaltenders, you're going to need them both throughout the season. So, um, you know, Jeremy Carlton has not said he was going to start in goal against the Flyers, but I would, if I had to wager money on it, of course I wouldn't, is Corey Crawford. And I think that if you get him on a roll, and then when he needs to, need to break, you bring in Robin Leonard, and he plays well, that's just going to kind of roll throughout the team, and you're going to get off to a strong start. And I think it's, what, 16 or 17 back back-to-backs yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. so you know regardless there's going to be a lot of opportunity for for anybody there but um one, the one biggest thing that I've noticed so far is that Andrew Shaw's back like you can in a lot of different ways you can tell that he's back on the ice in in preseason games and in the game in uh Berlin just a few days ago just the, the what he brings is very noticeable but even just uh chatting even on the ice in the stands at practice this morning you can hear him uh, giving guys hard times you can hear his energy and excitement I think that that's something that can be a real positive for this team to have somebody like that uh, back, and especially for the veterans who who are familiar with that and had some success with him. It'll be fun to have him back in the fold there. But also watching Kirby Doc a little bit in his first few practices, it's been fun to see him. I know maybe not at uh, quite where he wants to be health-wise and coming in to camp a little bit late, but fun to see him mix in and, and get the drills going and, and see how he kind of develops in with this team. So it's been a, a handful of good things to watch. It does look like the Blackhawks will probably give him some games in the NHL. If, if he goes back to his junior team, he's got to stay there. So the key there is nine games, nine regular season games before his uh, contract kicks in for another season. So I, I do think he's going to probably get a, get a look here, and I think that's great for the Blackhawks. You've got a guy who – you know, he doesn't have to come in and, and set the world on fire. But if he comes in, he fits in. And I do think it's important that he's been on this trip because you don't want to just throw him in the fire with teammates he doesn't know. And there's been a lot of chemistry and, and character team bonding on this trip. I think it's been very good for him to be here so that when he does get a chance to get in the lineup, players are going to know him and his style. He had a, a was a shootout trail they were doing today, and he, he – put a wrister on from just right between the circles that caught the top uh, of the bar and out Carter we were watching that and kind of like whoa like a, a really kind of cool to see his game translate we watched him a lot skating on his own at at fifth third arena back home it's nice to see him kind of get in the mix there and show off his uh, his skills a little bit that whole drill was really cool they went through the entire lineup every player got a chance to go down on a breakaway they could choose which goalie they wanted to go down on uh, they started from the lowest number on the roster, worked their way up. So Duncan Keith went first overall. And each player on the team could basically wager whether they thought their teammate was going to make it or miss it. And if you chose wrong, you had to do a back and forth lap across the ice uh, with 27 players out there. Uh, there's a lot of skating that was being done regardless. And uh, I think what the coaches would refer to as a hidden bag skate, getting uh, a lot of conditioning and while also having fun and uh, really starting to kickstart the opening practice of what is really the regular season the off day between Berlin and Prague really serves as a nice buffer between training camp is over regular season is here and this team's ready to go we're a little more than 48 hours out from the opener I think during that drill you saw Andrew Shaw being Andrew Shaw too I think only three guys picked him to 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 make it and uh, and he did I think 
I'm remembering yeah, correctly. He and he was like, hey, thanks. I remember. Uh, thanks for the support, guys. I appreciate this. So, And a lot of good picks from the players as not only the players went through it, but the coaches went through it as well. Uh, some of the assistants went, and there were a lot of no-goal bets made. But as Jeremy Colleton was going, uh, rightfully so, there were some good wagers on a goal. And he actually had a really nice shot, beat uh, Corey Crawford with a nice little slick wrister and uh, even got asked afterwards if – you know, maybe he's in competition for this team with a depth spot. But uh, he joke, jokingly played it off and said, you know, if the players are going to put in the work, the coaches have to put in the work as well. Uh, I mentioned we're just 48 hours really from uh, the opener against Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia lost their exhibition game uh, in Switzerland just a couple nights ago. The Blackhawks uh, set to meet them in Prague. And one of the cool storylines coming into the game is that David Kampf and Dominic Kubalik returned to their native Czech Republic. They're going to get to play in front of what figures to be a lot of family and friends, and especially for someone like Dominic Kubelik, who uh, by all accounts looks like he's going to make his NHL debut some 30, 40 minutes from where he grew up. Obviously drafted in the NHL, not knowing if he'd make his debut, spent a lot of time playing uh, in the OHL, played um, um, overseas as well. Um, to not even know if this dream is going to come true and then to have it potentially coming through in front of your, your home country, your family and friends, it, it's just got to be a kind of a whirlwind right now for him. And I, I'm betting he's one of the, the guys that are the most excited to get the puck dropped on, on Friday. Figures to be quite the evening for not only Kubalik but David Kampf and uh, a really interesting way the Blackhawks are set to open up the 2019-2020 season. One of those guys who... Uh, is chomping at the bit to get back underway officially with the Blackhawks is Andrew Shaw. We caught up with him for just a few minutes after practice today. Andrew, you guys have been here for nearly a week now in Europe. How's the body adjusting? How's the experience been? And just what's this trip been like overall for you guys? It's been pretty neat, you know, history, hockey, and, you know, team bonding. So it's it's been a productive uh, trip, you know, we walked around yesterday, saw some uh, some landmarks, went to the castle, the church. It was you know pretty neat, and the food's been pretty good. And yeah, it's just it's neat to see different cultures, and you know, it's come to an arena like this too. It's going to be packed tomorrow, I believe, for practice, and then uh, sold out um, arena for the game. So it's it's going to be a, a good atmosphere, and it's going to be a lot of fun to be a part of. Pretty convenient scheduling that you guys get the first off day of the trip, the full off day in. I think one of the prettiest cities in Europe. Uh, we were out walking around and sightseeing yesterday and I think walking about 10 miles. What did you guys get into uh, during your day off? Uh, you know, we went and grabbed some lunch on the river. Uh, walked up to the, uh, the castle, saw the church, walked around, just the old architecture and all the buildings. And it's just so different from, you know, obviously coming from North America and the history that's it's in this city as well. It's it's neat to be a part, uh, you know, to be a part of it, be able to walk around, check out, you know, different sites, and and then just, you know, casually having a, a good time with uh, the boys as well. A lot's been made about this trip and what it can mean for, you know, a bonding experience. So many new faces on this team. I think there's 11 new guys on this roster that weren't here last year. You're kind of in a middle ground where you know some of the core from your from your first stint in Chicago, but you're also a little bit of a new guy. There's a new coach, a lot of new faces. How have you kind of navigated that uh, that path during these first few weeks of training camp? Yeah, just you know, trying to pay attention to small details when it comes to hockey. Obviously, uh, learning the systems as, as fast as I can and trying to you know utilize it in the game as well. And just I think this trip's been great for you know getting to know the boys, hanging out. Uh, obviously, 
you know, we're with each other every day. So you get to know them and you get to have a, share a few laughs, have some fun, and, and a little bit to learn about them too, you know, like their families and, and where they came from and all that. So, so it's, it's been pretty uh, productive. It seems like uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice, you've developed quite the relationship with Alex Dabrinkit and Dylan Strom, uh, their line mates uh, so far through the first couple of weeks. What's that chemistry been like? Oh, it's been fun. You know, they're two young kids that are really excited. They love, uh, they love the game. They have a lot of skill and they, and they can play. So I'm just lucky to be a part of uh, that line right now. And just, you know, we're trying to create as much chemistry as we can. Uh, I know those two guys were like, you know, best buddies last year, and now uh, me and Cat live real close to each other. So, I, don't know, I just think it's it's suiting. You know, the cat in the mud, I guess, uh, hanging out. You now we go to the rink together every day, and yeah, got to learn him. He's a nice kid, funny, he likes to have fun, and but when it comes to game, he's ready to play and ready to to work hard and compete. You uh, swooping in on on Strom there and taking his guy? I'm trying to, trying to. But uh, you know, Stromer's a Stromer's a nice kid. It's pretty funny, you know. A little awkward, you know, just looking at him. But you know, uh, just trying to have some fun with him. You've been a part of successful teams in the past. After a few weeks with these guys in training camp, as a, this roster as a whole, do you feel like this team has what it takes? I won't put you on the spot and say to make it all the way, but to get this team back into the playoffs and really turn things around. I do. I mean, we got we got a lot cut out for us. Obviously, we got a strong division, but again, that's going to make us better. I think through the years, it's going to build character. You know, show us how to win. You know, we got to earn it, and I, uh, I look forward to making playoffs with these guys. And lastly, uh, how excited are you guys for Friday to finally be here? It's a lot of practices, a lot of preseason games, but to get it all started. Yeah, it's it's exciting. You know, uh, a lot of us haven't played hockey since April, so we're eager, hungry, and excited. So it should be fun. All right, thanks, Andrew. We'll let you get going. Thank you. That was Andrew Shaw, and what looks like the bromance between Alex DeBrinket and Dylan Strom has either pivoted to a bromance between Andrew Shaw and Dabrinkit or is now a love triangle or uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it seems to be working on the ice for that group because they've been together for much of preseason and they seem to be one of the strongest line combinations that Jeremy Colleton's had. And overall, it's just I think it adds that depth too. Or you look at a guy like Shaw who can play up and down the lineup. He can play in the wing. He can play in in the middle. Um, just adding him, I just think can bring another dimension to the team. And he can complement that line because he's a guy who will go in the corners and win some battles and show a little grit. Again, when I say grit, I don't mean fighting, but I mean winning puck battles, finishing your checks there. And he can open open up some ice for those two. When they get a little room, they're gonna do some damage. Well, it all starts on. What should be, it's Friday evening in Europe, but it's Friday afternoon back in the States at 1 o'clock Central Start. It's a 8 o'clock local time puck drop here in Prague. The Blackhawks and the Flyers kick off the 2019-2020 season. Uh, we did have the opportunity while we were here in Prague. Chris Cook, you were able to catch up with John McDonough, Blackhawks president and CEO, for just a few minutes to get really his thoughts on what he expects to be a very pivotal season for the Blackhawks after what has been a, a very busy summer for Stan Bowman and all of hockey operations. John and I talked about Prague and Berlin and why it's important for the Blackhawks to make these trips and represent the NHL. And he's also very candid on what his expectations are for this season. And also we, we touched on, hey, it's been a couple of years since they've been in the postseason. Is there pressure to get back there? And, and as usual, John was very candid and open about it. And um, I, I really admire when he does that. Well, without further ado, John McDonough with Chris Cook. John, we've been in uh, Europe for a couple of days now. Uh, just, I want to get your overall impressions of your time in Berlin and now Prague. 
It's been spectacular. It's been spectacular from a cultural standpoint, uh, just an experience to spend time in two uh, amazing cities from a hockey standpoint. Our game the other night uh, in Berlin was uh, was amazing. Chance to see what uh, you know, get that European soccer feel only at a at, at a hockey game. Uh, very enlightening. There are so many things that uh, that uh, we may never have thought we would have uh, experienced before, but to do it here with uh, our Blackhawks group is a once in a lifetime experience. What do you make of the city of Prague? We were talking a little bit ago about how gorgeous it was and. Um, to me, it's one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen. What do you make of it? I would say the same thing. Um, other than our beautiful city of Chicago, it might be the most beautiful city I've, I've ever been to. Uh, it lived up to its billing, and it's off, often it's, uh, it's difficult for a city to do that. But now have uh, had the chance to uh, spend three days touring the city and um, cultural overload and think I know enough that I think I could be a tour guide. So. <laughs> Uh, no, they've been very accommodating, very welcoming, uh, so friendly, and it's going to be a tough city to leave. Why is it important for the Blackhawks to be involved in these events that the initial throws on, these global events? It's always nice to be wanted. Uh, we always like to be a guest. We're always in Gary Bettman and Bill Daly's ear because these jewel events, I think, are important. I always want the Blackhawks to be on center stage. Uh, whether it's in the years that we're winning cups or not, I think the Blackhawks are good for business. The fact that this game sold out so quickly, the game in Prague sold out within an hour, the game in Berlin sold out within an hour. I think if we were to go other places, whether it would be London or Dublin or other places, we may have, we may have already pitched the NHL. Uh, I think it would be it, it would be great. I'm excited that we have a. Uh, a top-tier opponent in the Philadelphia Flyers. That's going to be very exciting. Uh, big rival of the Chicago Blackhawks. So for the city of Prague and for the NHL, I think it's a good event. But whether it's the outdoor games or whether it's the Europe, Europe games, uh, these games count. They matter. We come heavy whenever we travel. I think we've led the NHL in road attendance for the last 11 years. So that has translated into Europe. So that's a good thing. You mentioned a little bit about the atmosphere that you saw both in Berlin and we anticipate in, in Prague. And I talked to Corey Crawford after the game in Berlin, and he said, it'd be great if our fans chanted and waved flags and things. Are you taking anything away from these games and these setups that you can possibly use back in Chicago? I think that has to be organic, and I could see why Corey would have said that. We've had conversations about that, but I think that has to, it has to be organic. And we're thrilled with the atmosphere that we have in Chicago uh, it's loud, it's raucous. Uh, the anthem is unlike anything that you see in any other sporting event. Uh, so we think ours is unique and ours is different. But I was in very impressed with uh, what we saw here. And I do think it's, it's kind of a European signature. I know that there are soccer teams in the United States. I think Seattle, Portland, some other cities have... Uh, have a very similar cheering style, but it would be it would be terrific. But I think it's got to happen, and it's got to be natural. I wanted to move on to the 2019-2020 season. How optimistic are you about this team? I'm very optimistic, realistically optimistic. But this is going to be a bit of a jigsaw puzzle. We have eight or nine new players. They're going to be fitting in with uh, with the system. Uh, I'm glad that we have really fortified our goaltending bringing in Robin Leonard, and obviously on defense, we've 
improved. So it's never been an issue so much for the Blackhawks where we've had uh, we've had issues scoring. We've always had a very potent offense. Uh, the last few years defensively, it's been pretty difficult. Holding on to leads have been very, very difficult. Um, special teams have been disappointing the last few years. All of those things have been addressed. Maybe one of the things that I'm most excited is that Jeremy Colleton has had an uh, entire training camp. And, and maybe last year it was baptism under fire, and maybe that was a blessing in disguise because he kind of proved his mettle last year. Um, winning and losing looked exactly the same to him. He didn't get rattled. He knew what the consequences were. But I think the fact that uh, we were able to stem the tide, we didn't make the playoffs, but the last half of the season we played very well, and I'm hoping that that's going to uh, parlay into this season. This team set such a high bar when you're winning three Stanley Cups and, and fans anticipate we got to win again, we got to win again. And, you know, it's, it's clear that, you know, it's obvious we didn't make the playoffs the last two postseasons. Um, you didn't have won a postseason series in four years. For lack of a better word, how much pressure is there to, to get back into the postseason? There's not pressure. There, there's not pressure. I think everyone in our organization knows what's at stake. And because we're the Blackhawks and we know where we are in the pecking order in the city of Chicago, three cups aren't enough. And we're going into a new decade. We're going into uh, a new era with uh, – the turnover in about a third of the team. But the expectations are we're going to have uh, a young coach, a relatively new coaching staff that are going to implement their system, and it's going to take time. So you have to be realistic. Our goal, as it is every year, our goal is to be a playoff team. And then you start a completely different season. As we've said before, the regular season does not even resemble the postseason. It's almost like two different sports. It could be depicted as during the regular season, it's kind of the middleweight division, and then during the playoffs, it's the heavyweight division. But we we, we want to get in. Um, I'm optimistic. Uh, love the leadership of, of uh, Johnny and, and Patrick, obviously, and uh, Duncan Siebes, I think, are going to have uh, very strong years, and they're going to lead us, I think, um, and they're a great example for our younger players, for uh, Debrinkat and for Strom and for Nylander and some of these other young players that have been brought in to uh, enhance what we have. So I never would say it's pressure. You know, we're always going to have to figure it out. And you, you look at the beginning of the season and you say, okay, well, that has to be a huge advantage that we're going to have so many games at home. It doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always work that way. So we can't count on the fact that we're going to get off to a very good start. But um, I'm excited about the system that's going to be in place. We recognized our deficiencies. We know what our strengths are. I think we have a very good plan going into the system. I'm proud of the job that Stan has done in assembling the team, and now it's time to drop the puck. One thing I've always been impressed by when, you, when we've talked in the past is you've never took anything for granted. Even when you're winning three Stanley Cups, you're always on, the, on everybody saying, okay, we're not taking this for granted. We need to keep moving forward. How did you get everybody to buy into that, from the players all the way to from, from everybody in the organization? Well, it's fleeting. It doesn't, it doesn't last long. Uh, we had the summer in 2010. We're, we're recognizing that this is the 10-year anniversary. But from a celebration standpoint, uh, 
we knew that one goal wasn't going to be enough, that winning one Stanley Cup championship, that this, this was going to be important, that we had multiple championships. But this is a very focused organization, very collaborative organization. Uh, we're not great at celebrating. I think that's kind of by design. There's mutual respect in the organization. There's no finger pointing. Um, and we do everything we can to support each other. But, um, you know, we talk about one of the things that is incredibly, it's an important ingredient at our place all the time is, is humility. Be very grateful for what has happened, but that is not necessarily an indicator as what's, uh, what's going to happen in the future. So, um, you know, always be prepared because once you win, you are the hunted. They are coming after you. They are coming after you at home. On the road, whether you're playing at a neutral site, uh, you're probably on their schedule the biggest game of the season. So you've got to, you know, you dial dial your game up to another level. And, you know, from the standpoint of the franchise, there's a great deal of pride that I take, as I know Rocky does, as to what happened between 2007 and 2019-20. But it really is a new era. It, it's 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 time to move on. We're done with the reflecting. Now it's going to be a lot of challenges going forward. You know, the league is younger. It's a completely different game than it was 10 years ago. It was a heavier game 10 years ago. Now it's speed and skill, but there's no reason to believe it won't go back the other way at some point. So you just have to be ready to adjust. You've got to have the right kind of team, and you've got to be prepared. Just a final question. I think we've talked in the past, and I, I hope I get this right. You have a photo in your in your office and it does a, uh, the banner came down from someone in, in one of the, your first years and said the pride is back is that is that accurate and and is the pride back from if you look back 10 years now what happened 10 years ago is the pride back and and how um how happier you are that you had a role in, in what happened well i think the the, the fans would I, I believe that the fans would say that the pride is back i think they're frustrated right now I, the fact that we haven't won a playoff game in three years, we haven't made a playoff, uh, been in the playoffs for the last couple of years, I think there's a level of disappointment because they that we achieved, we had so much success. But as far as how the franchise is run, the fact that you have an owner that is committed to winning, committed as to how we run our organization, how we treat our players, how we treat our employees, maybe more importantly, how we treat our fans. I think that the pride is back. And this would include, Chris, the Stanley Cups. There was not a moment in my almost soon-to-be 13 years here with the Chicago Blackhawks that had a more powerful impact than the night that that banner was unfurled. We knew something different was happening here. We sensed that we had a good young team. Uh, we sensed that it could be good for a while, but a lot of things had to go our way. Keep in mind, we went to three Stanley Cups, and we won three Stanley Cups. That's that's pretty rare. But when they unfurled that banner, it was a validation, like, okay, they're feeling what we're feeling. This is coming together. I had been in sports close to 30 years before I came here. So you have a sense of these things. So there was a sense that there's a vibration going on, that that there's an aura, that this team is different, that this franchise is different, that there was going to be respect 
in the city of Chicago from the fans and from the media that there's just something different going on there, and it's, it's all positive. John, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. Once again, a special thanks to John McDonough and Andrew Shaw for joining us for just a few minutes. Next week, we will be back stateside and looking ahead to the 2019-2020 home opener as the San Jose Sharks visit the UC on October 10th. For Eric Lear and Chris Cook, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Nylander to Keith. Tees up a long one. Tip. Oh, good save. That was a neat redirect by Andrew Shaw, right where he needs to be at the top of the crease.